Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. To have you guys with us, uh, whether you're here with us live or you're watching us uh, on the live stream, we're, we're excited that you're with us today. We're going to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, and we're going to listen to the word of the Lord today. How many know God's word changes things? Amen. God's word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we want to hear what God has to say to our hearts today. And we're going to start today with some worship. And so um, if you're here with us, stand and at home, if you want to stand or sing from your couch or your lazy boy, however you want to worship. We're going we're gonna to worship the Lord. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So we're going to do that together. And think about how awesome it is that we're not part of a religion that doesn't have a relationship with God. Isn't that, you know, I had a, we had a Chinese foreign exchange student live with us. He became a son to us. And, and he said, uh, he wasn't a Christian. And he said, it's funny. It's like you're singing love songs to God. And really, that's what worship is. And. Maybe you're listening online or you say, I don't have a relationship with God. It kind of seems a little different, but you can have a relationship where God by his spirit comes and joins you and lives with you and reveals his love to you in such a powerful way that you can't help but to sing about his love and it bubbles out of you. And, and I, I want you to know that today before the service is done, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus and respond to the Savior because he loves you unconditionally. He desires to have a relationship with you. He loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you the way you are. And so I want to encourage you for that. So how many are ready for the word today? Anybody? Let's see what God wants to say to us today. Just All right, Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to our hearts. You're going to change our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So what I want to talk about today, the title of my message is, you need to hone what you own. Hone what you own, okay? Hone means to sharpen. And God wants us to, to sharpen what he's given us. And today I want to talk about a man named Gideon from the scripture here and give you a bit of context of what's happening here in the Bible. In chapter 6 of Judges, it says, The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of Midian for seven years. Now, something happens when... When we do evil in the sight of the Lord and we don't deal with sin and there's sin in the land or there's sin in your family, there's sin that you're not dealing with, the Lord's hand lifts and the enemy has access to your life. And so God wants us to live in righteousness. He wants us to live good lives, pure lives, walking after his spirit so the enemy will have no access to our lives. And so Gideon is living in a time when the nation has has rebelled against God and, and he's stuck in that situation. And um, what happens is his own father, okay, we're going to go down to verse 11 here. Okay, what happens is the Midianites is, is an opposing army that is coming. The Bible says they came like locusts. They swarmed in and they would uh, kill the cattle of Israel. They would steal the crops that they had grown. They took everything from them. And so Gideon here is, in verse 11 says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, okay? While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. You know, many times I've heard it preached that Gideon was fearful and he was hiding from the Midianites. And how many have heard it preached that way? 
Uh, he was fearful, and God came and imparted, you know, courage to him. That's actually not right. The Bible actually says that he was hiding the grain. He was actually co- being courageous because he was hiding from the Midianites food for his family. So he's actually a very courageous man. He wasn't a fearful man, according to this. And look what it says here. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And this is what I want to touch on here is that he was a man of valor. Can you say valor? Okay. Valor is strength, it's might, and it actually means efficiency. So he was very efficient, and he was, he, he was like able to take up arms. He was, he was a man of valor and strength. Okay? And so this was the, the quality of Gideon's life. God saw something in Gideon that Gideon couldn't see in himself. I want to say this, that God sees something in you and me that sometimes we don't see ourselves. We're so wired to be critical and look at all our mistakes and the things that we don't do correctly, right? How many are with me? And we, I wish I was a better speaker. I wish I could deal with this situation. I wish I was more compassionate. And we, we pick on the areas of our life where we're weak. But God is wanting us to hone in on those qualities where we're strong. How many know that we're all part of the body of Christ? And one person's a finger, the other person's a hand. The next person is an arm, a shoulder. But how many know together, if we focus on our strengths, we're better together and we can go forward and we can do something great for God. We can bring change. And so God is is seeing something in Gideon that Gideon cannot see in himself. And I'm here to tell you right now, there's something awesome about you that God sees. There's something that God is looking at and saying, you know what, David, you're awesome in this area, and he wants you to hone what you own. There's something in your life, Chris, that God says, you're awesome in this area, and I want, to hone what you, I want you to hone what you own. I want you to sharpen it. I want you to work on that, okay? And so what happens here in, 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 uh, in the context of Scripture here in Judges chapter 6, Gideon basically asked, and we're going to read it in verse 13. Gideon said to him, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us, and where are all his miracles? Has anyone ever felt like asking that? Man, Lord, if you're with us, where are all the miracles? Um, Where are all the miracles that our forefathers saw? Like, I don't see any of that stuff. And he says here, we'll read on, he says, Where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did the Lord bring us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? And then the Lord turned to him and said, and it almost looks like he doesn't answer Gideon's question. Gideon's saying, hey, where are all the miracles? Where are you? If you really delivered us, answer my question, Lord. And it seems like the Lord is ignoring him, but in the next few verses, he actually answers him. And look what he says. He says, go in this might of yours. The might that Gideon had was valor. God was looking for someone who had valor, who was manly, who was willing to stand up, who was not going to go along with the status quo and just give in to everything, but he was going to stand up and be brave. And, and how many know you might be a person of compassion? You, you have something that you're valiant about that God wants to bring out. And look what he says. He says, go in this might of yours and Does it say God will save Israel? No, it says, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And so he said to him, oh, my Lord. Okay, look what he says. 
How can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my father's house. And that's what we do. When God asks something of us, many times we say, but, but look at my flaws, God. I'm not able to do it. But I'm here to tell you today, God's not looking at your weaknesses. He's looking at the strength that he birthed into you by his spirit. And he's been forming in you so that you can go and be valiant and do something great. Amen? And this is what he's saying. He's saying you you have to realize that I'm not going to do it for you. How many know that the Holy Spirit is our helper? The Holy Spirit is not the doer. But many times we, we preach, we teach in churches Almost as if God is just going to come and do everything for us. And it's just not scriptural. The Bible teaches that he's come to deliver us. He's come to save us from sin and put us in his kingdom. But then we have to overcome temptation. We have to walk through sanctification, right? We have to choose to be obedient. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit comes and he helps us. And so that's why the angel of the Lord says, you, Gideon, are going to save Israel, okay? And the Lord said to him in verse 16, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat Midians as one man. I'm here to say to you today that you are going to overcome your fears. You are going to overcome temptation. You are going to rise and be the cream of the crop. You are going to do it. Not God. And that almost sounds like tomatoes should fly. But the reality is this, okay? God is with you. He will help you, and you will give him the glory. But he wants us to be confident in that which he sees and what he's planted and seeded in us. Because all of us are to be confident in what God has put in us. All right? God wants us to overcome temptation. He needs us to be studiers of the word. He needs us to be doers of the word. He needs us to pray, and he needs us to apply the truth. And what happens is character gets built in us. How many know character is really important, okay? And perseverance. Bible talks about the fact that we are vessels of honor. If I was to take a nice pot, this is a vessel right here. It's a vessel of great value, And the purpose of a vessel is what? It's to carry something. And the Bible talks about vessels of honor and vessels of wrath. If we're the vessels of honor, what is the content that God wants to put into the vessel? It's himself. He wants to fill us with himself so that he gets the glory. Isn't that good news? Now, God wants us to, let's go to Second. Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 9. Second Peter chapter 5. I'm sorry we don't have all the scriptures today because we're using our computer for the live stream. And that will be fixed for, for, uh, for August. So Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 9. It says this. But also for this very reason, giving diligence, add to your faith virtue. Now, It's not enough just to say, I believe in God. I know so many people say, I I believe in God. I said a salvation prayer. I'm a Christian. But they don't add to that. And, and, And what Peter's telling us here is we have to add to our faith virtue. Okay? We have to add to our faith virtue. Virtue means conformity 
to a standard of morality. It's the same word as the word valor, actually, in the Hebrew. It's pretty interesting. We need to add to our faith a standard of morality. God wants us to live righteously. He wants us to change the way we see things. He wants us to become more like him, right? Then he says, once you get virtue, you need to add knowledge. You need to get into the scripture. Then you have to add self-control and perseverance. You know what perseverance is? Actually, the, the meaning for perseverance is actually to persist in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving results. It's not just mean just waiting. It means you're waiting and you're persisting even though you don't see the results yet. We're going to see the results if we don't lose heart. And to perseverance, we have to add godliness and godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, the agape love of God. So the point I'm making is that God wants us to build upon our lives, not just faith, but we have to have virtue and godliness and knowledge and brotherly kindness and love. And the Bible says here, if we don't add all these things to our faith, it says here in verse 10, okay, for if you do not, if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. It also says that if you don't have these things, you'll forget that you've been forgiven from your sins. So how many know it's important to build? We have to add to our faith. God's not going to do it. God says, I want you to do it. And guess what he'll do? He'll come and help. He'll supply the support. He'll supply the strength. He'll supply what we need. But God has put something great in every one of us. So let's go back here to Judges for a second. Are you guys following with me? Okay, Judges chapter 6. I'm going to summarize what happens in chapter 6, verse 16 to 32. Gideon wants to make sure that this is really God. Okay? God's about to ask him to do something really crazy. Okay? So he wants to make sure it's God. So he puts out a fleece. He says, I'm going to put an offering of meat and unleavened bread. I'm going to put it out. If the Lord receives the offering, the angel takes it. He'll know that it's the Lord. So he puts the fleece out. Then the same night, the Lord says, tear down the altars of Baal and the uh, Astoroth pole that belonged to his father. And so I want you to see something here. There was probably lots of false worship going on in Israel, but he said, I want you to tear down the altar of Baal and the Ashtoreth pole that belongs to your father, to your lineage. You have to be willing to break the iniquity and the sin in your generational line before God can use you. And the Bible says here, so Gideon, okay, um, Take your, I'm going to read it actually. Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and built an altar to the Lord your God on top of the rock in the proper arrangement. And take a second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you have cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants, as did as the Lord had said to him, but because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it at night when everyone was sleeping. And I don't blame him. I'd be a little, you know, if I went out and destroyed my dad's car, I'd do it at night. I wouldn't do it during the day because then I could hide. 
But what he did was he said, I'm going to deal with the iniquity of my forefathers. Listen, you might say if you're generationally, you have anger in your family. You have to make a decision. I'm going to destroy that. I'm going to say no more anger in my family line. I make a decision today. No more addiction in my family line. And then the Holy Spirit will come and help you. You can't do it in your own strength. But you have to choose to say no more. I'm drawing a line. And that's exactly what Gideon did. He destroyed the idols in his family line, the sin in his family line. All right? So we're going to keep moving here. So here's the summary. Israel is oppressed by the Midianites. God sees something in Gideon, a quality that he's not aware of himself. And every person in this room and every person listening online, you have a distinct quality, a characteristic that God wants to utilize for his kingdom. And while we're busy focusing on our flaws in the areas where we need to improve and we should always be improving, God is focusing on our strength. God is saying there's something distinctly that I want to use you. For example, uh, you could be a very accepting person. You accept people that nobody else accepts. You make friends with the people that nobody else wants to make friends with. God wants to use that. You might be an accommodating person. You might be affectionate with people that really don't deserve affection. You might be an affirming person. You might be a decisive person. You might be a diplomatic person, and you could get into politics. We need some of those Christian politicians. I mean, there's 450 different characteristics that God wants to use, positive characteristics that God... You might be an encourager. You might be enthusiastic. You might be flexible where other people are very rigid. Whatever it is, God wants you to own it, and he wants you to own it because he wants to use you for the kingdom. And so this is where I'm going with this message. Judges chapter 6, verse 33. It says here, Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites... And the people of the east gathered together, and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew the trumpet. I want to stop there because the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. The actual Hebrew translation is differently, but the translators didn't know what to do with it, so they changed it. This is the actual Hebrew translation. It says, it says this, okay? Um, The Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord actually clothed himself with Gideon. What does that mean? Okay, for example, when I was 17, 18 years old, there was this whole movement. uh, It was kind of like preppy, to be a prep. I don't know. Like everyone wore like, you know, Ralph Lauren and Lacoste and all this clothing lines, right? And so my cousin did, and I said, I really want to buy my first Ralph Lauren shirt. I was maybe 14, actually. So I got a job, and I saved up 60 or 70 bucks, which was a lot of time, and I bought a really nice Ralph Lauren shirt with my little logo there, and it was my little idol shirt that I had. And, and I started buying nice clothing because I wanted to look good. I wanted to look good, and I wanted to be confident and proud when I walked into a room. That's my thinking. And wh- I think God looks at it that way as well because He wanted to wrap himself or clothe himself with Gideon because Gideon had valor. And God wanted to look valiant. So God could not clothe himself with someone who was timid for the occasion. Does this make sense to you? God said, I need to find someone who was willing to allow my spirit to work in them. 
and to build confidence and courage and valor in them so that I can come upon him and I will look good. How many know we have lots of times and we can name names, but we wouldn't do that because that would be accusation, but there's lots of ministers, we see it on the news, that have fallen into sin and things have happened because the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with that person and that person's character wasn't good. And does it make the Lord look good? It makes the Lord look like he went to the Christmas crazy sweater pageant. And everyone's like, man, I don't want anything to do with God. And so the point I'm making is that the Holy Spirit in the beginning said, I am with you, Gideon. And I want to say this. If you give your life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is with you. And his purpose is working within you through the fruit of his spirit, which is love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, and the other one that I forgot. Yeah, thank you. Self-control. But he's using those things. That's his fruit. And if we yield to the fruit and we allow God to work with us so we can hone what we own, then the, when, the, when the, the, the need arises, God says, there's someone, I want to clothe myself with that person so that I can manifest my ways to the world. Does that make sense? God needed to manifest valor and courage, so he clothed himself with Gideon. Maybe you're a compassionate person. God says, I want to clothe myself with you so that you can go out and I look good in the world. Whole different perspective, isn't it? Changes the way you look at it. And the scholars didn't know, how, how do we translate? It must be a mistake. So they, they changed the wording, but it's actually, it means what it means. It means to be possessed. So God comes in and possesses you so that his characteristics get magnified into the world. And that's an awesome thing. God wants to wrap himself with you and manifest through you the quality and the attributes that he taught you. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit wants to wrap you around himself and manifest through you the quality and the attributes that he taught you. Now, why is this important? As a pastor, I found there's a lot of people come and they're like, I don't really want to serve and I don't. I don't really want to go through the process of development and sanctification. I don't want to be, you know, I, you know, I just, I just, we just need to pray more, Pastor, for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Why? Because if the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we haven't allowed him to build a character in us, there's nothing we can give out. You can fall down and shake on the floor maybe, but what good is that to a hurt and dying world? So we're crying out for a move of God, and God is crying out for a move of man. God, come and move, and God is saying, we, we need you to come upon us. And God is saying, no, I want you to come upon me and learn of me. Wrap yourself in me. That's why character is better than gifting. Because when there's character, God can come and wrap himself with you. And let that attribute that belongs to you that God has been asking you to hone to just kind of shine out. And people say, man, there's Jesus. And he can use you in a powerful way. Isn't that good news? That's why as a church we talk about relational discipleship. 
We want to we want to build relationships with people. We want to disciple them through relationship. Why? Because Jesus was all about having relationships. It's not about a hierarchy structure where the preacher's here and all the people are here. No, we're we're one. We're one body, and we build relationships with one another. We talk about innovation and character and honor and being Holy Spirit led. All of these things are things that God is trying to build in us so that He can. Come and say, I want to wrap myself with at the Crossroads Church so that I'll get glory. Isn't that awesome? You know, the Bible says here that in the next verse it says, Gideon blew the trumpet and the Abazar, the I can't say it, Abazarites gathered around him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, who all gathered behind him. He sent messengers to Zebulun, Asher, and Naphtali, and they all came to meet him. I want to say this. When the Spirit, Holy Spirit comes and puts you on like a garment, people will line up behind you, ready to move forward. God will come when you choose to let him build character. I want to take a minute to talk as we're going to close in a few minutes. You can come up, David. About a woman of valor. And uh, her name is... Viola Desmond Grace. Has anyone heard of her? She's on our $10 bill as, as of 2018. She was a, a black woman who decided to stand up against racism in 1946. And um, she was quite a woman. And uh, I just wanted to read something here that I printed off of um, Wikipedia. She was a Canadian civil rights activist and businesswoman of black Nova Scotian descent. In 1946, she challenged racial segregation at the cinema in New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, by refusing to leave a whites-only area in the Rosen Theater. Uh, for this, she was convicted of a minor tax violation for the one-cent tax difference between the seat that she had paid for and the seat that she used. Okay. Um, this was, Desmond's case is one of the most publicized incidents of racial discrimination in Canada's history and helped start the modern civil rights movement in Canada. Okay? Um, in 2010, she was granted a pardon. It took over half a century for, to receive a pardon. The first to be granted in Canada. All right? And the Crown apologized for prosecuting her for tax evasion and acknowledged that she was rightfully resisting racial discrimination. In 2016, the Bank of Canada inaccurately announced that Desmond would be the first Canadian woman to be featured on the front of the Canadian banknote. But that honor went to somebody else. And then the story goes on. And she actually, in 2018, she got that place as the first woman on the Canadian money. She's on the $10 bill. And it's very interesting as you read the story. She was actually, her car broke down. She decided to go see a movie. And, uh, in, and, and there was no signs telling its patrons about the policies, but the main floor seating were, was reserved for only white people. And so she bought a ticket. She had to sit in the balcony. But she decided because she had bad eyesight, she couldn't see the movie. So she said, I'm going to go sit down in the middle here on the floor. And she didn't realize it was just white people, so she sat there. And then they came and said, ma'am, you have to leave. She's like, I can't see up there. I'm sitting here. I'm not moving. I'm standing up for my rights. And she was dragged out. She injured her hip. 
and she stood up for truth because there was bad science. Bad science has said that, you know, black people aren't equal to white people. That's bad science. And um, she decided to stand up because she was a woman of courage. And I believe God was able to clothe himself with her in that moment and stand up for people of color. Isn't that awesome? And so... I believe that God has something in you, an attribute, a quality that he's putting his finger on. And I want to give you guys a homework assignment this week. Can you guys do this? If you're listening online, if you're sitting here with us, I want you to ask three people this week, what positive quality or attribute do you see in me? Because sometimes we don't see it ourselves, right? I want you to ask somebody that you trust, somebody you know that loves you. Say, what quality or attribute do you see in me? I want you to ask them, and then I want you to go to God, and I want you to pray and say, God, did you see that in me? And then I want you to own it, and I want you to hone it. And begin to put your energy into what, what God has given you so that he can use you in this time of need. Why don't we stand? I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's listening to this message. doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, God. You're putting your finger on the amazing positive quality and attributes that they have in their life. And God, you, you're focusing. And even as Gideon was saying, hey, listen, I'm the least. I'm the least in my family. I, I, I can't really do this. God said, no, you're a man of valor. God, I pray that you'd begin to release just an understanding. Begin to speak to our hearts and begin to put your finger on the areas of our lives that are great quality attributes that you're saying own it and hone it. I pray, Holy Spirit, that with your help, we can do this. God, I ask that you would wrap yourself with us so that that positive attribute would bring fruit in the kingdom of God and make you look really good. And all God's people said, amen. I hope you enjoyed that uh, service today. If you don't know Jesus... If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. He died on the cross 2,000 years ago so that your sins could be forgiven. The Bible says he took your sins upon himself and died on the cross so that you could be pardoned and be free. Isn't that good news? So, Father, I pray, Lord, right now, if you want to pray a prayer with me and ask God to come live in your heart, I want you to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, Come and live in my heart. Send your Holy Spirit to live in me. I believe that you died on the cross for me, Jesus. For my sins. And I ask you to wipe them away. I surrender my life to you. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, the Bible says, you shall be saved. And God can hear. You know, you say, how, well, how, how are you getting that signal on your computer? It's called Wi-Fi. There's an invisible signal. And when you pray like that, God in the invisible realm hears you. The angels hear you. There's a lot, and it's better than any Kojiko connection. God hears you, and he says, you will be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning. 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.